everything's on? Did you plug everything in? It seems I, I seem to have done everything correctly. Yeah. My brain's a little mashed potatoes. So yeah. why are you so mashed potatoes? Have you not worked two weeks straight <laughs> over the holidays in your life? Is that a, a new the, thing uh, for you? The family, the the fam, the fiestas, right into the three on three tournament. So I'm tired. I know, but that's okay. It was a good tournament. Yeah, good tournament. A lot of uh, a lot of fun was had. I was hoping I would get some crazy story, like some crazy parent story, but yeah. everyone was pretty well behaved. Really? Yeah. There was no, and we had a couple stars of the show out too that were yeah. there where yeah. we would expect some yeah. craziness, but yeah. everybody was well behaved. It was good. That's um, true. So I don't think you explained what tournament you're talking yeah, about. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Ah! <laughs> no context. Everybody said we must have missed the first half. Yeah. We did our, I, yeah, I talk like I assume people know what I'm yeah. talking about. We, uh, we had our annual. How many years now? Uh, well, I used to do it. I used to do cross ice round three with a skill combination. Yeah. And then in 2013, we started doing a Christmas tournament. Three on three, yeah. Just cross ice three on three. So this was would have been our ninth annual. Yeah, it would be. Well, yeah, ninth. Ninth annual Christmas three on three tournament, yeah. which is sick. It's so fun. The kids have so much fun. I have so much fun watching. Yeah. And, uh, so we do, uh, it's like a full day for a couple of days because we have different age groups, whatever. And it's sweet. We get the kids' jerseys and they got their little mini Stanley Cup trophy they win at the end. And we had uh, a big overtime, big overtime winning goal last night. Like for a championship game? Yeah. The U, it happens a lot. It was the U, actually I post this on our, the Power Tech Hockey Instagram. So the, not the podcast one that people listen, look at, but our partner account. Yeah. I posted the story of, uh, it was the U... 15 so yeah. the 2008 born kids yeah it was uh eddie oh yeah eddie he scored overtime goal yeah he did it looked almost exactly like Connor bedard's goal in overtime no kidding almost exactly he's a skilled guy yeah, by i know the way. so i posted them i posted not, them not side Connor, by side eddie yeah, yeah eddie. he's a very skilled player yeah so i po- i posted uh them kind of side by side because it was the, almost the same thing but he was coming down the left side instead of the right side, but yeah. it's the same thing. Like one, two, three, through three guys, and then backhand deke around <laughs> the goalie. Good for him to put it in. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Huge, huge OT win. But anyways, just fun day. But it's uh, it's buzzing. We get sometimes we have a couple rinks going. Sometimes it's just uh, a zoo in here. So just keeping everything running smoothly, and it was smooth. It was smooth. So yeah, it was good. It's good. And that's that's all for that. It's so funny, like that you say that though, because. So there's so many of the three-on-three tournaments where parents are like, they, they start building their three-on-three team a year in advance. Yeah. And they take it so seriously. And they, but, but for the kids, it's just pure fun. Yeah. Or they try to to jimmy-rig the rules. Yeah. yeah. So we have like, a, normally we do a three-triple, it's mostly travel kids that play, but we'll do a three-triple-A kids per team kind of limit. Yeah. But then people will try to get like a triple-A kid, but he's like a year younger. Yeah. Or but like he's the they best make, in the world. Yeah, or their their goalie's a triple A player, yeah. so like it's kind Just of couldn't find a goalie. I know it's yeah. so annoying. So it's like they get and then and then the other parents will pick up on it, and then yeah. they get start getting pissed off because yeah. they got extra triple A guys, whatever. So that was funny. my kid's favorite time of the year. He was here at Christmas, and he he wishes they had one for OHL and college guys. Yeah. Oh, well, I was thinking. I was thinking when we were setting this one up that it would be really nice if we did that for sure. But I don't know if it would work because. Just with guys' schedules yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it seems to be the problem. Yeah, you know what I mean? And they do need a break. Yeah, right. So it's like for the junior guys, like when they're home for three days for Christmas, it's like, do they really want to spend one of those days playing a full day hockey tournament? Yeah. Like, probably not. And you're but, exhausted at the end, these guys, because they play minimum four games. Right. Yeah. So you have a minimum four games in the day. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And that's it might right. be six. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing. But it's a really fun day. And it's, it's, uh, so that's, that's what would be great if we could have, uh, yeah, a tournament like that, but maybe we'd do something like that in the summertime. Yeah, when they're here, they're yeah. off. We could set something like that up because we good had our idea. summer league on the Sundays, whatever, which was good. But maybe if we made a tournament towards the end of summer or something, and that'd be that'd be cool. But yeah, but yeah. Anyways, um, do you have any other bullshit talk? The only thing I was gonna say is watching uh, watching hockey. One thing that bugs me. Is... Okay, this will lead into my thing. Oh, so really? Go ahead. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Is uh, goal celebrations, man? Yeah, like I. I don't even know why this is supposed to be old school, but it's like nothing, nothing. There's other things that bother me, but 
when someone scores a goal and they skate away from the team and they do whatever mm-hmm. the celebration, the ice scrape, the bow and arrow, the going to the fans and doing all that stuff, it's like, ah, I know, I, it drives me bananas. I just like to see guys score a goal. Just score a goal, and 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 you should be thrilled. But you got your five guys on the ice with you that were with you, and that's who you should. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a limit of the celebration thing, yeah. and then. Like there's a way to do it. My dad used to say this to me all the time when I was a kid. Just he would say, "This was his line: act like you've done it before." Yeah, that's the that would be his. Yeah, seriously, that would be his line. And you see that a lot in other sports too, though, like yeah. the the showboat, flashy after the goal thing, yeah. or after the basket or the touchdown or whatever it is. And I that that kind of stuff bugs me too. Yeah. Do you see after Bedard's goal, his he did the skate away, did the heartbreaker thing. Like no, draws. I didn't see. So he scored it in overtime, and then this is one that the kids like doing. You see how many kids did it yesterday in the tournament? They'd score a goal, and they you draw a heart, and then you punch it like you're breaking the heart kind of thing. Cool. That's the big one. <laughs> That's the big one right now. Um, speaking you don't of, don't need to though. No, no, you don't. That's my thing is you don't yeah, need to. Because the reason I was thinking about this because a couple weeks ago one of the boys was telling me, "Hey, uh, hey, coach, what was your celly when you scored?" Yeah, you and said I this, said yeah. I went like this. Yeah. You're happy and that you scored. He was explaining his Sully. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm not going to break his heart and say I think it's shit. <laughs> but because they're kids and they do what they do. And I don't mind when little kids do it and because they, they're emulating their the big dogs, right? Yeah, but, whatever. But, but when I see a 16-year-old or a 25-year-old do something ridiculous, I just sit there and go, oh, I know. boy, oh, boy, I know. Oh, boy. It's funny. No, I, just, I was just looking at uh, with the Christmas tournaments. Uh, this We got the last half of the season coming. And, uh, you know, so some of the guys are at the age where they could get scouting and, but I don't even want to talk about necessarily being scouted because that's whatever. It's just about getting noticed or, or being valuable on your team and stuff like that. Um, I was going to say just some things that would help a player out if, especially if they're getting scouting, but mm-hmm. it helps you out all, in your game anyways, no matter how you look at it is like, once you get past, like, obviously you have to have a basic skill level, right? You can't play triple a unless you can skate to a certain level and stuff or you know junior pro and all that kind of stuff so you got to have a basic skill level which you know skating shooting passing and all that stuff like basic and then after that what's going to help you because it's easy to it's easy to just say work on your skating and all that kind of stuff those are the those are the attributes that you just base level need to have yeah that's part of what are what are what are other things that you know and this is talking to scouts and stuff like this is basically me talking to scouts and and stuff things that we like and they like so um one of, one of the one of the first things that after the basic skill level that separates people from getting noticed drafted or their coach really liking them and stuff like that or being used in useful situations and stuff like that is uh, number one would be would your be your compete level okay and that's used loosely sometimes right like what is that so anyways i, I just put like your effort but then your second effort so a lot of times you'll see guys like really battling for that pucker. You know, like just watching a kid last night in a corner that it was like he was going as hard as most people do, but then it was like he gave that extra push and he drove that puck through that pile. That's like that second effort. Like you could have just did effort, but it's that second effort where it's like, no, I'm getting through this thing. I'm determined I'm going to get that through. Mm-hmm. And having that play after play after play is is like what I call compete. Right, that's one of the, one of the competes. It's that second effort. It's uh, but with the compete, it would be what I call uh, pushback. So it's easy to compete when, or easier to compete when things are when you're playing equal or less. But what when you look at guys that uh, that have that pushback. So using a, a quote from Steve Ott, we were talking here, and then I heard it from. Uh, Theo Fleury the other day, just two different ways of saying it, but it was uh, like there's a high, high, high percentage of the players that are bluffers. Yeah. Right? For sure. So that's what I'm talking about, completing that pushback, is like when it comes down to um, competing, like some guys will compete to a certain point where you take like a Theo Fleury. Or Steve Ott. Wait, Steve wasn't the biggest guy either. That's how our conversation started. I said, what was what was the thing that, like, you you not being the biggest guy in the world, what was it that separated you from uh, and being like a rad and like, a, like almost a tough guy, like a middleweight, but like a gritty Brad Marchand type of guy. But, and, and he said, like, for him, it was like 
I knew that 90% of the guys I played with would bluff. So guys were tough and to a point, but he would actually do something serious to you if you, if, if need be, or for the fun of it. To, so if you were, if you're coming at me six inches taller and you're going to whatever, try to run me, he'd probably have a stick coming through your head. And he wouldn't bluff that. If he said he was going to do it, he would do it. And that was Theo Fleury too, right? It was like a five-foot little guy. That's how he survived. It was He was obviously, that base skill level was there and plus to play in the NHL. But that compete level was off the charts that, that only a small percentage would have. Yeah. So no one ever scared them because they would do whatever they had to do. So it was that pushback. If you push me, I'll push you back even harder, even though the size wasn't there. So that's that's one of the things like and I, I would agree with that. Like especially especially now watching the, the, the amount of junior hockey I'm watching now is like there's a lot of bluffers that talk and chirp and say they're gonna do something or they're gonna talk about yeah, whatever, I'll straighten out, whatever, and then they never do it because it's not necessarily necessary. But the guys that do, like when Arbor Jack I played in the OHL last year. He wasn't bluffing. Maybe he was sometimes, but no one ever bought that he was bluffing. So that compete level, and it's not about it's not about beating people. I was going to get into that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not that, but it's like, but it's but it, but it is that. It's a huge part because that's where a lot of guys back away is when it gets physically demanding, right? So mm. if you're like a skilled player, um, like a really skilled player, that you're not uh, you're not a, a tough guy. Let's call it. It's you. you, you this is what I'm talking about is that pushback is still that you're going to go through that wall and still continue to play your game as hard as you did as if it was an easier game. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, a couple things on that. I think the first talking about it in terms of when you talk about compete in terms of being the, the tough guy kind of thing, I think it's just the easiest way to give the example because it's so obvious what you're talking about. So when you're talking about the, the bluff part, like the, when I'm, when you're talking about guys bluff, uh. I think, the easiest example of that is the, the easiest fight. one that yeah. comes to your mind. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't others, but my point being, yeah. I remember coming to that realization and you told me this story way later, but I remember coming to that realization, my first junior camp, cause I was when I got into my first hockey fight and I went and fought the, the guy that was supposed to be like the tough guy because yeah. I saw nobody would do it. I was like, nobody's fighting this guy. And he was like yapping the bench and like no one was doing anything. So I went and I did it and the guy beat me up, which, but I did fine. Like he won the fight. It was my first black eye, which I thought was cool, which I've, I think I've said that before, yeah. but I did fine. And I remember walking out after just like, that was like the toughest guy, you know? And you start to realize when you play that guys do a lot of yapping. And when you mentioned a guy like Steve Ott or uh, Theo Fleury, how they weren't scared, I would bet that they would still be scared or have like a bit of that fear, that nervous energy, but they just would yeah. do it anyways. They face fear. Yeah. And I think that's where the difference is yeah. because... And that plays into kind of the next part talking about just the how you learn to compete and give a second effort is you do things despite having the fear yeah. or you're tired or whatever. You just do things anyways. And I remember with the easiest example, again, is fighting is because whenever you go to get into a uh, confrontational situation where there's going to be like physical violence, you're a human. So you're going to be nervous about it. Like you're going to be scared of what's going to happen to a certain degree fearful, whatever the word is that you want to fill in, there's going to be something in you yep. that is your on guard. And that on guard feeling can be, can, you know, manifest as fear or whatever it is, yep. but you'd go and just do it anyways. And that is where guys make the separation, right? So when it comes to a fight, if you're going to stand in there and potentially get your head knocked off by somebody that's stronger than you, like that takes a certain, a certain level of, of, you know, a certain amount of balls to be able to do that. And yep. a lot of guys, will say they're going to do it, but they won't actually. Yeah. And if you can call people on their bluffs, you can win a lot of battles that way, not just in the fighting sense, but when it's a battle in the corner or when you're tired at the end of a shift, if you're just willing to push it that extra to that extra step, yeah. that one step further, you're just willing to go there when other guys aren't willing to do that, yeah. then you're going to be the one coming out on top in more situations. It's not just fighting, you know? No, it's not just fighting. Like, like, like it's, it's the goal scorer that needs to get his ass to the net to score goals. And, 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 and the bluffing part is like some guys will do it when they know that they're playing a game where it's getting to the net, they get a little bit of a lean or they get a little bit of a push, but it's when you're going against 
guys that are back checking you hard or a guy that's boxing you out hard and you're getting a stick and to get to that net actually hurts or or it's not comfortable we'll say then those are the guys is what i'm talking about is that compete level becomes okay it's going being the winger going into that corner with a d that you know he's gonna like you know like back in my days hatchers or tenorities guys like that that they're gonna punish you buka boom that are just gonna beat your head and as you go into that corner and you've got to do that 30 times a night that compete is going to be well it doesn't matter i gotta i if it's 31 i'm going 31 i'm going to come out every single time or i I refuse to back down it's the defenseman knowing that you have tom wilson coming down on you and not finding a way to uh, take the easy way and it's like making that hard play taking that hit to move the puck out and stuff like that that's uh because there's, there's a lot of ways to fake the game Right, like you can go in a corner real hard, like and I I can see it. I can see when fear comes into guys, uh, or uh, when they don't want. Well, I guess it's fear. They don't want to go into that battle because they they go into like say it's a winger going to a corner real hard. But then it's they look at the number on the back and they go, well, it's just not as hard as they usually go, or they don't finish that check as hard as they usually do. That's bluffing. That's bluffing. You're picking and choosing, right? So you take some guys that just do that against any person at all time, and that's what that small percentage does that. Yeah, and I think the maybe to give a not physical example, if you're a guy that is supposed to be the goal scorer, it's wanting to be the guy who has to do the job. So that's the, like the blaming, like the, it's someone else's fault that we didn't score. Or when it's like the big moment in the big game, you're the guy that it's, you know, it's on you and you want it to be on you to make a difference in that moment, as opposed to, well, my winger, was no good or my whoever else didn't do it like that little bit of blaming stuff i think that's that's an element of that can be an element of the compete quality also it's like if you're a competitive person and you're willing to give that second third effort then it's your responsibility and you wanting it to be that that it's your responsibility you wanting that as a part of your game like i think that's an important part of it too and it has nothing to do with being physical it's like you want to go and be the difference maker like that is an element of that compete thing. Like you're going to go do what it takes to be the guy that gets the goal or makes the play or keeps the puck in at the blue line or whatever it is to make it work when the game's tight and it's a big moment. I think that's another element of it too. That's not, has nothing to do with being physical at all. It's just like you have that mentality, right? And I think a guy like Crosby is a great, is the best example of that, that I can think of where it's just, great example. it doesn't matter what part of the game you're talking about, whether it's when a face-off block a shot make a play to keep the puck in, get into a fight, finish a hit, like get in somebody's way, go to the net, make it in an uncomfortable situation, whatever color you want to paint it. He's a guy that will do that. And I think that's, he's probably the best example of that. And my my last thing with the compete, because I think it's important is that's something you can train. Like you can make that a skill, like giving a second and third effort. If you are, can be consciously aware of it and you can tell yourself in your head when you're in practice or when you're, uh, in your games, like you make that a focus, like I'm going to make sure I give a second effort on the back check or a second effort if I lose a battle or whatever it is. That was something that I never did. I never thought of it at the time as a thing to do. And it's something that was definitely called into question on me by coaches or by my my dad mostly. And but coaches and stuff too would say that like, you don't. I don't see that you're battling. Like it doesn't look like you want to win the puck and that kind of thing. And it never occurred to me to try to train it like I would any other skill to think about it in practice, to try to do that when I'm, when I have the moment when we're doing a battle drill, like that never occurred to me to try to practice that, to make it better. But I really believe you can sharpen that just like any, anything else. Yeah. You gotta be aware of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not aware of it, you wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a skill itself. Uh, The other thing um, would be body language. And this is a big one for me. And, a lot of people would think like, oh, okay, body language, how big of a deal is it? It's actually huge. And it comes out in a lot of different ways. So body body language is a reflection of your attitude, right? It's it's If you have good body language, you don't never look defeated. And if you have bad body language, it looks like the other team can own you. So like a simple, exa- a couple of simple examples of bo- bad body language is when things don't go your way. It's the stick slam. It's the the shrugging of the shoulders or the leaning back, like, ah, oh, you know, everything, everything sucks right now. And it's like, when you show that you show like your, your mind is weak. Right. And it shows like the other team that, okay, we've got this guy now cause he's flustered. And the other thing that it shows 
it shows that your 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 focus is on you rather than necessarily the team, right? Because typically, what you, what it is is if you don't even you don't get a good pass and you give the bad body language, that's that's a that's because you're not happy with mm-hmm. the result that you're getting rather than just keep working, right? So that's that would be one, and then the other the other sign of body language would be on the bench is uh, when guys sulk, you know, shoulders shrug, uh, and and they're not in the game with their team because they're having a pity party with themselves. It shows in the and 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 there's make no mistake. Let's talk to a couple of scouts that sometimes sit directly or oftentimes sit directly or stand directly across from benches just to watch body language because it reveals a lot of a player. Like if a player has a great shift, right? You're going to come back to the bench and he's like, it's cool boys because he's enthusiastic and we're having a great game. It's easy to be enthusiastic and fist pump and like everything's going well. And and you take that same person when things aren't going well or they had a bad shift, made a mistake, got scored on, missed a goal, got hit, dirty, whatever. And they come back to the bench and their demeanor changes. And they go into sulk mode. That goes into that goes into your your attitude, right? It's like it's always about you, yep. and um, and it shows. So the b- bottom line with that is, it if you're if someone's watching you, whether it's a coach, mom, dad, scout, anybody, they, if they watch that, it's like it reflects a poor attitude and and a, a weak mental state. To be honest with you, because what you're doing is you're focusing on what happened. And you're dwelling on it for too long. So it takes you in a mental state that is not good for performance. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is this, you're, you're putting that on other people. Now, other people choose whether they want to accept that attitude or not. But like we're talking younger kids, it's like they don't necessarily know how to deal with that, right? Yep. But you take that attitude and you, you throw it on other people. That's not healthy for your team. So when, when people are watching you or even a, sco- a, a coach that's tuned in and dialed in, watches his bench and he sees someone with bad body language it's like it's not a good thing and and, it, and coaches should be somewhat aware that 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 player might not be the right guy to be putting on the ice right now or at least need to be talked to yeah and not yelled at but spoken to like snap out of it bad body language and and it's really important i think that man this is one of the biggest things that i key in on when i'm watching kids so uh, example from the tournament actually so there was it was the oh nine age so u third u fourteen u fourteen so there's a team that threw like three on three for nothing like fun tournament right doesn't mean anything so but when you're kids it means something though so this is where you can see how kids react to certain situations right so we had this one team they had won every single game up to the finals another team had lost a game then won a couple games, whatever. So it was these two teams in the finals and they were buddies, right? So they were, they, they were on the same actual AAA team, but they were on different teams for the final of this tournament. And this was the first game where the one team was behind and they were losing. And you started to see what comes out when when we're in a bad a bad situation. And it is one of the most unattractive things that I can see in a player is when they turn into like a suck. And you use the word their demeanor changes. I wrote down like there's a change in their tone. So the, now that team environment changes. And I think that's why it's such a problem. And you can't underestimate how important it is, is because it's, it's cancer. It spreads so fast because not only will other kids also potentially get down, the kids that don't and still maintain a good attitude look at you like you're a pain in the ass, right? So it's, a, it's, it's cancerous in that it spreads through the team. And if it doesn't, it divides the team because... The guys that are trying to keep the good attitude look at you like you're a problem, right? So that's a really important thing to key in on with yourself because when things start to get tough, if you turn into a baby and you're complaining or whining or it's somebody else's fault, or you start yelling at each other, all those types of things, people pick up on that. I was picking up on it in a three-on-three tournament. That means nothing. I'm watching it and like, and I'm getting annoyed when I'm watching these kids. Like when, when kids are sucky and they have that sucky attitude and they're whether they're down a goal or whatever the reason is, that is one of the most annoying and irritating things to me. If I'm like in a coaching role or in a, a role where I have some kind of say over what the kids are doing, it's so annoying, man. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. And it makes I me not like want to help you it, as a it player. It makes it very tough. And, and I think that's why it's really important to have a, an environment where that's not allowed. And that's one thing I'm really proud of with what we create here is like that is not allowed. 
when you're here. As soon as that, as soon as that creeps in, even a slip, it's like right away, like we are stomping that out, like figure it out, quit being a suck. And I had a, I had a really good talk with one of the, our junior guys that comes in here because he was, he was having some issues with like playing time, whatever. And then he might be going to a different team. Um, and he was talking to me about it. And I remember he walked out after talking with some of their, their team staff and he was crying about like what was going on. And I was so proud of him because he was really upset, which was fine. Like you can be upset. And I, I talked to him like in the moments after and was just like, Hey, like nothing has to change unless you decide it's going to change. Like nothing, all the processes you have in place, you get, you can keep working hard. You keep working out. You keep trying to get better. You keep trying to progress to achieve the next goal that you have. All that can stay the same unless you mentally let it be different than that, you know? And he texted me a couple of days later and was like, Hey, like, this is what I've decided. This is what I'm doing. I made a plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep everything going. I'll see you in the gym on Monday. Beautiful. Beautiful. And this is a kid. He's, he's 17 years old, this kid, you know, and it's awesome to see. And you can really fix that because that even more reinforces me wanting to help get this kid into the position he wants to be in, you know? So it's a really, really important thing. It can't be, can't be understated how important that is. Yeah. Well, the body language, even with goals, as I was talking yeah, about yeah. the goal celebrations, yep. when you, when you do that, when you do that, look at me, look what I did. That that's a, that's a, it's a really self-centered way of celebrating going. I know guys are happy, but, yeah. but if you look at it from a, like, think about if you're watching a hockey game and you see someone score and of course you're putting your arms up and you're excited, like you are excited, mm -hmm. but what, how do you respond to your goal? Like you said, you've done it before. Like that's a very common statement. It looked like you've done it before, but it's very true. Mm -hmm. It's not like your, your, your emotions are weighed right out of you on a, you scored a th third goal of a three one. It doesn't matter what goal it is. It's like okay, you scored a goal. Like it's like freaking right. You're happy and you're good and you're thanking your your teammates and and you know we're in it together. But your your demeanor is not like off the charts. Yeah, that Even, it changes yeah. everything about you. Right. Like and now you're all giddy and that's it's right. like okay, you scored a goal. That's that's perfect, right? Yep. And and uh, and another one that I see big time in junior. I, I I can't say the same in the NHL because I don't go to an, a, enough live games is in junior is uh body language changes uh okay so let's say someone gets hit and there's a scrum and there's a possible fight there's a lot of guys that it's a bluff and it's a it's a body language thing where instead of standing in there i'm not saying standing oh, yeah, there dropping the, the gloves oh yeah well it's it's the it's they got they get busy all of a sudden right they're you know, you know they look at the score clock what's this no 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 this is you're walking away from it, yeah, man. Your body yeah. language is telling me you don't want any part of this, yep. right? And it's it's uh, you lose a battle there. And I'm not again. It's not about scrapping. It's not about whatever. It's not about fighting any of that. It's what it is about is like standing in there and and not bluffing and not the body language of defeat, where it's like someone's pushing you around and you just you kind of turtle out and you, and you look at the score clock and all of a sudden something distracts you from what's actually yeah. going on. You know, you know what though, man, like, honestly, I'm, I, I don't like, cause we say it a lot, like the caveat, it's always the caveat of like, you don't have to be a fighter and you don't have to. Well, you do though. But yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, no, you, no, no, you, this you, is hockey. Like you, you, you should, I don't care who you are, what team you play on. If, if it comes down to it and you have to get into like a physical altercation with somebody in the game, you should have that capacity. You have to stand up. Yeah. You should be able to stand up. At the very least, it being a defensive posture, yeah. you should be able to handle that situation. And a lot of the problem that I find watching the junior stuff is exactly what you're talking about is everybody's busy. Everyone's, yeah. Everyone doesn't want to get in that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that has to be the focal point of your game, but you should have the capacity to, to take care of that if it happens. You know, And that was something that I took a lot of pride in through junior too, is like I was not the toughest guy. I was not a fighter. I was not none of that. But I, if I needed to, or it was time to, or we needed one, or whatever it was, I could do it. I could be the one to do it. And that's what was nice about when you talk about the bluff thing, is that people wouldn't know if I was bluffing, right? Yeah. And, or, and you, you said, I'm not at all comparing myself to Arbor Jacka because he was way tougher than I ever was playing. But that ability is like, you don't know what he's going to do. That's right. Like, that is a very good quality to yep. have when you're a player. So yep. when you get into those situations, it's not that you have to get in a fight necessarily, but you should be able to if you needed to, you know? And it's not about winning fights. No. Like my brother and I were just talking about that the other day. 
it's like you don't have to be a t- like so if you're in a scrum and someone wants to kind of be pushy and aggressive like you don't even have to drop the gloves but instead of getting busy and looking at the score clock and you know fixing your nails you know you 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 can hug them like you can bring them in yeah. real close and not not choke well choke it with it i don't give a shit yeah. do what you need to do <laughs> yeah you don't have to fight but it's about not backing down so it's the same thing as you know what's the difference right so yeah for people that say you don't have to fighting's not important it's okay let's eliminate the word fight and put it into battle the game of hockey is a bunch of battles right so it's no different than going into that corner with if one guy you go in the corner and you slow up or you don't hit him quite as hard as you do everyone else that's because you're intimidated if you're intimidated you lose that battle every time so that's bluffing that's that's uh not the highest compete so it's like just a different form but you can hide some of them in different ways so the game is off a face off right if you're if you're locked up with somebody that is a battle and every time that you step away from a battle or don't engage in the battle you you're one notch he owns you one more one more time or it just has a little bit of an advantage on you and you do that enough times in a game and then you lose i'm not saying you lose a game as a team but you lose your compete level you lose that inch for inch every shift you know like so every inch whatever someone wants to give you you want to be able to stand there and give it back yeah I, and then some i go back to crosby on this too because he's a good example because he's not a tough guy right but when he gets into that situation anytime there's a scrum he's got somebody he's got somebody and and when i watch i remember watching the we went to see windsor and guelph play last week or whatever and the amount of little scrums that resolve themselves because guys just walk away from it, it's a little bit embarrassing because it's just like, just stay locked up until the whole situation diffuses. Don't like when you guys are in the middle of a tussle, just like push them off and walk away. Like you stay in it until the battle's over, you know? And that's why I go back to Crosby because he's not the guy that's going to go fight Ryan Reeves. But every time there's a scrum, he'll be right in the middle of it as long as it's necessary. And if it gets to the real extreme where somebody's really on him or whatever, he will fight. He would, right? So that is more what I'm talking about, where it's you just have the capability because that's a, that's a big element of, of staying in that. The way you explain that is beautiful too. It's, that is an element. Yeah, because that is a battle. That's what it is. That is also a battle. And when people say, "Oh, you got to be able to battle and compete," it's like that's that's one of them. Well, it's it's you all know? it's it's not just a fight. It's not just a hit. It's a face off. It's it's yeah. every little inch of the game is a battle. Yep. And 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 so this is where my I don't know if you'll ever convince me otherwise, but the game has changed into a faster skill that I and and it's and it's awesome. But you will never ever I don't think you could ever convince me that if you take size not necessarily size but that high hard compete or but i'll use size and 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 heavy hitting that heavy game i i I don't if you have that you're you have a better chance of winning my opinion you have a better chance of winning and the game without that becomes just fundamentally uninteresting right because it's like it, it would it ends up turning into if you watch soccer like one of the fundamental differences between watching soccer and watching hockey is the there's a threat of violence in hockey that's makes the game interesting right because now this is more like a war as opposed to just a skill game you know and i'm not saying like soccer is a is a great sport i'm not saying anything bad about soccer so sorry if anyone doesn't like that but one of the baseline differences is it's it's fast it's big it's hard that's what hockey is about soccer is not about that if you take that out of hockey and now it's different yeah. Right, it's not the same game anymore. Yeah. I was talking to one of my players last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, and uh, I was saying when you, because social media is, uh, acts as a uh, social media, everybody knows everybody a little bit, yeah. right? Like it's, it wouldn't be uncommon for you and I play on the same team, right? We're teammates, yep. And then you go text um, Eric that plays in uh, uh, whatever. What team? I don't know what team. What like kind of thing? Ha- no, Hamilton. Any league, but let's oh, say yeah. in your own league. Oh, yeah. yeah you call Hamilton, Eric sure. in Hamilton, and you're FaceTiming. Oh, this is my buddy Andy. Oh, hey, how you doing, man? We talk. We could actually become a little bit social, a little bit of friends. That wasn't like that before, right? Yeah. So now you can go to games 
and this is what I'm talking to one of my players about is like now people know you a little bit or you are, you've, you know, you've skated with people cause we, we do some training here. So that kid could have been one of the kids that we trained and, uh, all of a sudden you're lining up in a face off. It's like, Hey buddy, how you doing? Take it easy on me tonight. Hey, joking around. That's a form of that guy doesn't want a piece of you. And I, that's yep. what I was saying. You don't, when it, when it, when it goes in those, uh, in between those whistles, yeah, no if it's, Hey buddy, how you doing? And say, don't, don't think this is going to be an easy night, bud. Mm-hmm. And it's not your friend anymore. Because if you allow that friendship and you take it like a little bit easy on your friend or someone you have an acquaintance with, they won. They won. They're they're t- they're taken from you now, so like the friendship game, right? Yeah, I, it's, I, it's another I, little battle there. Yeah, I love you. We we talk about it like that, but this was the first time I think you've put it in words. How that part of the game is just as much of a battle as a puck battle or a faceoff oh, battle or whatever. Man. You know, it, it that is that is exactly well said, well done. Yeah. <laughs> So the next one that I want to talk about is team player. Like, and you might not see that. You might not think that a scout notices that, but you actually knows that. Um, a team player. Well, first of all, no coach, no team that's selecting you if they want you on your team or scout wants a guy that's an individual that thinks of himself. Because it shows. It shows in body language. It shows in the things that you do, decisions that you make on the ice. Um, so they they want team players because a rising tide raises all ships. Right. What can I do to be better? So like the typical, um, a good example would be if you, well, I'll use one close to home where, where you're playing good hockey and you just like, well, I want to get on the power play too. It's like, but maybe that's just not your role, but maybe it's just not your role right now. So does that affect your game? A team player is going to do their job to the best of their ability. Right. And it doesn't like, and of course you want more, but you're going to do your job. You're going to do it to the best of your ability. Um, um, you don't win with selfish guys. It's just not going to happen. So you're going to do little things, right? Little things that are going to help your team win. And, um, and they might not be the more, most glamorous thing. Um, a, a, a team player is going to be able to read the game and take care of teammates. So tough, not tough, whatever. If one of your guys gets maybe a dirty shot or a shot, you you might be a team guy, whether he's going to win or lose that battle again, is going to at least step in there and stand up for his guy, right? Or you're going to read the game uh, from a situational standpoint as a team player, right? So let's say it's an empty net and there's, it's you're down by a goal, up by a goal, whatever it is, but you've got an empty net and the other team has an empty net. And you get the puck, a team player situationally is going to read the game and say, what's the most important aspect of the game right now is this to sit on this lead or is it to uh, take a chance and fire it and get myself another goal, right? The most important thing is that puck gets out, unless the coach tells you otherwise. Yep. But it's to make a situational play, read the game, thinking of the team, not about your own individual stats or your own individual glory. It's it's It's... No matter who you are, is being able to, you know, be willing to block that shot, even though that might not be your skill set or your go-to asset as a player, but you got to be willing to get in front of shots or, you know, I'm just using a couple examples there, but see what your team needs at certain times, right? So like you could be a really tough guy too, like a real good grinder guy and have a chance to bury someone. Like, I mean, bury someone that... And it's a two-two game with five minutes left, and then you might want to say, like, at this point, it might be this one might go overboard, so I might have to hold up a little bit and do more of a stick check and, yeah, and finish it. So, like, it's like just a, it's a flip of a coin because a lot of times when we talk about doing things for your team, it always comes like a lot of times it comes across as doing the the really tough shit. Yeah, but sometimes the tough shit is for a tough guy to take it easy, right? And and or or even as a team, sometimes if you're running around. And, and you're trying to throw, you know, you're, you're winning a game where the game needs to be um, a little bit more controlled. Maybe you don't have to hit quite as much. Like, it's just reading those little things in a game yep. that makes a, a huge uh, difference. It's um, so managing situations, um, keeping puck de- pucks deep and not trying to overcarry pucks in certain situations. It's face-offs, it's wa- wall plays, it's, it's boxing out. Like, those, all those little details that help your team. So like no one gets a free ride to the net when you're on the ice. Like it's always like a little bit of a box out to help your team to be able to to perform at their best. 
and sometimes it's uh, energy when a team needs it, right? Like my, if you're sitting on a bench, you just seem like your team's flat. Like that doesn't mean you have to be flat. It's a, you can go do something or you could do like find a way to get your team energized. Mm-hmm. And it could be through skating the puck through the neutral zone. It could be driving the net. It could be a big hit. It could be a great block shot, whatever, good stick. And then sometimes it's talking when it's needed. So sometimes you'll see that on the uh, as well too. Is you'll you'll, you'll see a, a quiet bench. It's kind of like the energy thing. But sometimes that's when you need to talk, and sometimes you need to shut the shut the hell up. So one of the things about leadership too, right? And being a team guy is like we, I did an exercise like this with. Uh, well, I had one of my friends that was a, um, a joint task force uh, military guy, really good friend, and he taught me not taught me, but he gave me a, a couple exercises where we had to do a task with with these kids that we had. And he said, okay, so you're the leader, Eric. Your team has to do A, B, and C. So go. So the leadership quality showed when you're the leader of the team and you're always given the direction and always telling people what to do or everybody was talking and no one could hear the one leader or I was you were told to appoint a leader and you couldn't let them lead. So the point is, is that sometimes as a leader, as a good teammate, even though you might be the best guy on the team or you're the mouthy, like the loudest guy on the team and stuff, sometimes you have to take a step back and let someone else do it. Let someone else do the role. Like it can not always, is not always you. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So that's another thing with, with being a team player is, is little things like that. Yeah. But it's actually, it's sometimes a really hard thing for people to understand the team just, concept. That's what I was going to say. Where, man, the being a team guy thing. It's really hard. Yep. Because I, the thing is with 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 being a team guy is that sometimes you have to admit a weakness, right? Because you could you might be the guy that gets the first, second or third star every game, gets a little bit extra ice, gets the first half of a power play. Like you're the let's, let's say you're uh first center and I'm second center. Like and we're both really good, but you just, you're the guy, you're the guy for me. What it should do is drive me. You should, you should, you should be able to raise me up. That would be good teammate. And I should be able to accept the fact that, that you are not necessarily accept that you're better, but understand that you bring just that little bit more to the team. And if I bring everything I got to the team, that our team is actually better. Yeah. And it's hard because you can be jealous. You can look at ice time. You can look at points. You can look at all these little things that could just erode at you and piss you off. Yep. And I would always, I would argue that, you know, you take a, a combination of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. You take Malky and, Malkin and Crosby. You take Dreisaitl and Crosby. McDavid. I'm sure, or uh, yeah, McDavid and Crosby. I'm yeah. sure there's time. Dreisaitl, McDavid. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm in the league. Yeah. <laughs> but you take those and you got, egos yeah you got pride you've got you know i want to be the guy too but you know if you want the team to win sometimes you have to accept a role that's not exactly what you want it to be yeah right hardest thing hardest thing to learn when you're a teenager because you know maybe an analogy that that is applicable when you're in high school the whole world feels like high school as soon as you get a couple years out of high school, you realize how irrelevant high school is. And when you're a player, I had the same kind of epiphany thing when I went from junior into playing with the university, when it was like this, my whole world is about me and my hockey success to the transitioning to it's about the team success. It was the same, it was the same kind of, wow, was I off base moment? Because I remember that I didn't truly become a complete team player where I can honestly say to myself, I wasn't doing that pretend team player thing. You know what I mean by that? Which is huge. Huge. Where it's like you, you say the right things and you act like you're doing the right actions for the team, but your secret motivation is still for your success where it's not actually for the team success. And I would probably put myself into that category more when I played junior, where it was like, I, People probably would have described me as a good team guy when I played junior, but my number one was still me. I remember that. My number one was still like, I want my ice. I want my points. I want my notoriety and success on the team. 
I want my letter. I want to wear a C or the A. I remember that. I remember that distinctly in my head. Who doesn't? Yeah, a, a very close second. Honest, if I'm being honest with myself, was the team stuff. Like I did care about the team, but not not before me. Like I still wanted me to be successful first, which makes sense to a certain degree because when you're a kid growing up, like you're the focal point of everything. Like the world revolves around you until you're an adult and someone says, "Hey, kid, it's actually not all about you." Yeah. So that transition happened when I finally was in university and I started playing genuinely not, not, I don't want to say not caring about my personal performance, but genuinely prioritizing the, what the team needed first over me. And the funny thing about that, the like paradox is it was easier for me to play when I thought like that. It was actually easier. It took a lot of pressure off when I didn't think of my personal numbers and my stats and whatever, because a lot of times, even if you have, you're getting the stats, you're getting the points or the time or whatever, that doesn't mean you're playing well. That doesn't mean that you're having a good game or that you're contributing to the team success, right? You can have all these goals. But like you said, if you're not a good team guy, like you're going to run out of rope because you're, you're going to be cutting corners. If, you're, if it's just about your success, then you're going to be doing things that maybe in the short term get you some benefit, but in the long term is not how you play. And I remember talking with kids about this especially younger kids, if you're a younger player and you're better than everyone when you're young, yeah. the tendency can be to not play the game properly because it's frustrating that other kids can't do the same things you can do. So if you're, if you're the best player, it's so much easier for you to just skate through everybody and score, but that's not how you play. That's not going to make you a better hockey player. If you can raise the puck first, it's better in that moment to be the guy that shoots every time because you're the one that can raise the puck. So you're probably going to score, but you're not learning that actually in real hockey, that should have been a pass or actually you can't skate through everyone when you're a defenseman every time. And those types of things for your own selfish reasons, you'll prioritize instead of just playing properly. And that was one thing that was really, really valuable to learn. And and I wish I would have had it when I was in junior and I didn't just by, by a a few points, I, I wasn't quite there and it would have been, really helpful to have. And it's a hard thing. I, I vividly remember when I'm, I was playing junior, that tendency to, you want the spotlight, like you want the, and that's fine to a certain degree. You obviously, I'm not saying you don't want to sacrifice your own success because you do want to have that. But if you can genuinely prioritize team success partnered with your own success, as opposed to one before the other, then you, you'll be a lot better off personally playing and in the eyes of people watching and evaluating you. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like the the funny thing is, as you said, most kids are the the best kids are the uh, in youth hockey are the best kids. So goal scoring and all that stuff is it's just easier than. But once it levels out, when you get to a junior level or maybe it's an elite triple A level or pro level, then roles become huge. Yeah. And if you cannot accept. I'm not saying accept that let's say you're in your third year of junior and you're on the second line as a checker, but you never get a power play, get some penalty kill. It could, and you're 19, let's say you can have a burr up your ass very easy because you want that. But the team doesn't need that. They've got their, their guys. So it's very easy, as you said, to have poopy pants about it and sit there. I just want the chance. Like, let's face it. There's 5,000 people watching you. You would like to get the goals. You want the ice time. You want the scouts to say, wow, that guy did. But they're also looking at every time that checker, let's say, comes on the ice, he checks. He, he, we, he, that's a valuable, valuable thing. It's, and Of course, you're trying to score goals. And of course, you're doing everything. But your priority is to do your job to the absolute best of your ability and to help your team win. And if, if someone understands that, then all of a sudden they go on the ice and they do their job to help their team win, not just to have a good game. And some kids will never get a power play. Like Welly was saying that when he played junior, he never got a power play, but he played in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And and he played in the NHL because he did a job really well. It was about the team. So if you can contribute to team success, then it makes you valuable at the higher levels. Yep. And you're not worried about the glory. And everybody wants it, man. Everybody yeah. wants it. But there's what you have to understand is that you either might not be good enough or you're really good at something else. And if you can accept that and be on a winning team or help your team win, then you become valuable. And then it allows you a lot better chance to make a buck at it. Yeah. I think this is why it's really important that you understand just, you know, you're mentioning roles. I think this is why it's really important that you understand what you're good at, because if you can excel at the things you're good at, 
especially the younger you go, the lower the level, the more this is true. If you can excel at the things you're good at, that will lead to more points. And like everyone, everyone is worried about that. So even if, even if just for selfish reasons, you just are worried about getting points. If you play like you're a point guy when you're not, you're not going to get as many points. If you're a really good, the power forward is the best example. If you're a really good power forward, you will get more points playing and excelling in that role. You know, so a guy like, let's take a, a Tom Wilson. There's another one. It's like big, strong hitter type player. If he tries to play like McDavid, he wouldn't get his 20, 30 goals a year. The reason he gets his 20, 30 a year is because he plays like him and he's good at it. So that's why it's so important that you identify what things you're good at, because if you can excel at the things you're good at, at in any role, especially the younger, like I said, the younger the level, the more that will translate into points, the more it will translate into points. Eric Lindros, we were talking about earlier. If that guy doesn't play where he's running people over, playing a powerful game, then he's not going to be as effective as he was. He just won't. So he's, if you leave your strengths on the table and you try to make yourself into something you're not, you're going to contribute less, even if it's just points. Even if points are the only thing you're concerned about, all the things we just said, if you just throw that all in the garbage, like you don't care about the team, you don't care about any of that, and you just for purely selfish reasons just want points, you should still know what your role is because that will make you produce more just because that's what you're good at, right? So defenseman forward, it doesn't matter. You know, you, sh- you, have to, you have to know that. That's a really important thing. Really, really lacking in minor hockey is that teaching roles, like who's good at what. Yeah. And, and well, you're dealing with like the problem with the youth hockey. It's and I get it. I get it. I get it. Is is if a coach, especially a coach that's a dad or a coach that parents go, what the hell does this guy know? Mm-hmm. Right. Says to your son or your daughter, or whatever, that, you know, you're not really an offensive player. This is what we see. Like you're rubbing everyone the wrong way. Yeah. At the junior level, you can get away with that a heck of a lot more because people are getting paid and it's your choice to be there. But it's it's hard for kids to get that big time. Yeah, well, maybe as a strategy though, like, because I mean, this is what I would do if, if I was if I was coaching a team of younger kids at the start of the year, I would do what we always talk about, like let this kid know what are the two three things. Yep. But it can't be like we always say with when you're in a teaching role. So if you're a coach or a teacher, you can't tell them what the things are, right? So you need to like come up. I don't care if the kid's ten. You need to come up with an agreement with the kid about what the things are. So if I just say, hey, Johnny, like you're good at this, this, and this, then he's going to go to mom and dad and be like, well, coach said it's this, this, and this. And if mom and dad are just like, well, that's not what you're good at, but now there's conflict. Yeah. Whereas like, if you guys come up with them together, you know, so you have your 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old, whatever, and you say, okay, what do you think you're good at? This is what I think you're good at. Let's make, how can we combine these to make a list of things we agree upon so that you want to do those things. Because if I just say to a kid, you're not an offensive player, well, what kid wants to hear that? Yeah. Like no kid wants to hear that. Yeah. So if you're gonna do if you're gonna do this and try to lay out, and I think this is what I mean when I say I feel like it lacks in, in minor hockey, is it's either the coach doesn't know anything about how to teach roles or they're like dictating. Yeah. You're not an offensive player. Yeah. So you're going to do this. And what if the kid doesn't want to do that? Yeah. Well, and if you present it in a different way. But, right. So if you, de- you present that like for, at, at any level, is like we have this guy scores off a lot of our goals, Eric. Mm-hmm. What we want you to do, which is going to make, make mean a lot to our team, that when you're on the ice, you're you're hard on those defensemen. You're finishing those checks every time. Wear them out. Wear them out all game, and you know you'll get your opportunities. But that'll wear them out for our top line to get their goals. That's important. It's critical. It's just as big as you getting a goal. Yeah. You're doing your job, running them shift after shift, being hard on them, giving them no space so that by the end of the game, they're tired, you've done your job, and our team has an easier game to play against. That's a way to present it. Yeah, for sure. Because, right? if I mean, if you're, the, if you're supposed to be the head coach of the team, but somebody comes up to you and says, well, I think you're more of the assistant coach, you're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're the yeah. kid, like if yeah. I if I'm a kid and I think I'm yeah. a really good puck handler, yeah. and when you, like we're talking and you don't even mention that, yeah, then it's like we're already starting not on the same page. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I that's a huge thing I find with with in the youth levels, like up to the even up to the U16 thing. It's like I was talking to a couple of U16 kids the other day, and I was just like, oh yeah, like who are your 
who are your top players like right now? As in who's playing the best, yep. you know? And they go, oh, well, like on paper, it's this guy. But I mean, nobody really, like no one's really doing anything the coach says. And we don't really know what the problem is because they've been struggling a little bit the last few weeks. And it's like, that's not a good thing. No. So if you're the coach, it's like, we need to have a reset here. And it can't just be, you're telling us what to do because that never works, man. It's like, yeah. if you have a teenager at home and you just tell them what to do, how yeah. well does that work? Yeah. Like, that never works. Yeah. You know? So it's, you have to come up with it together so they can understand the role situation. Yeah. And then that, that'll be a, a way better recipe for success. Just from a player. I remember being a player. It's like your coach tells you what you have to do. And if, what if you don't agree, if you don't yeah. agree, then we're not, we're not going to be on the same page, man. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the one I had was, um, be, work hard and committed in your D zone. So you don't have to be the best player in the world. If you want to get noticed, you want to have another chance, you want another options, you want to create options for yourself is work as hard. So, because, I, and I say this like, I'm not saying this lightly. Most people, when I watch hockey, do not put the effort in their D zone the way they do in the offensive zone because there's not for as sure. much glory. Yep. But what if you made it glorious? And that's what I loved about lacrosse. When, when, if you play lacrosse, you have to be committed, as committed, or more committed in your D zone than you are in the offensive zone. If you're not, you don't get to play. It's like critical. They teach that to you. It's drilled in your head. This is the game, defense. So you'll see guys on a lacrosse court, absolute battle, where you'll see guys in hockey float a little bit more because they want to put pucks in the net. But if you can show in a game that you're 1,000% committed to being good in your defensive zone. Like if you see a loose puck in your own end, are you going at it as hard as you would in the offensive zone? Are you working as hard to get that puck out or to make a good play out of your zone as you are as trying to get that puck to the net, trying to score a goal? And if you do that, you stand out like a, you stick out like a sore thumb. Like a sore thumb. Yep. Can you imagine watching a hockey game? Because you don't see it that often. Like this is my next thing is like do something to stand out. But can you imagine going to a game? Because you don't see this very often. Where someone is, you look at goals, you look at um, you know four checks. But how often do you go to a game and you say, this kid comes back like at a 13, 14 year old kid. This kid just comes back to his own end as hard as he can or picks up a guy and when he gets there he stops his feet and when there's a loose puck he's on it like white on rice mm -hmm. and he battles and battles and like he doesn't give guys room to make plays yeah that's a quality and that's a quality that is so rare especially in youth and if you can make that uh something that you stand out in and, and actually commit to working as hard or harder and I don't, I don't want to say harder because you'd be doing it both ends but if you work as hard in your d zone as you do in your offensive zone you become really really valuable yeah here's a question then yeah. um so every coach says exactly what you just said yeah. well let's say every coach says that yeah a lot of them value the d zone uh prioritization yeah. to use a word it's a word could be yeah. might not be in the dictionary no it's a word i'm sure yeah. um what would, how would you set up as a coach? How would you set up a reward system? I was kind of thinking of this in my head while you were talking. How do you set up a reward system for good defensive play where it's like, okay, if you do X thing, you get to play more? Or is it like where you, you try to flip the page where the value is on the D zone? I don't, again, I don't want to say more than the O zone, but, but if everybody wants this as coaches, like you want your team to be good defensively and you want the, how, what would the, what would you do to try to reinforce that or try to make that something you get bought into? Youth, I guess? Ho youth hockey is a lot tougher yeah, because you're, you're, you're managing fairness and yeah, yeah. Equal equality and, and, and not pissing off parents and everyone paid the same amount. So it's like a little tougher, Yeah, but you could you even could, just the, in theory, like what would you do? D you get D zone face-offs. You get, you get D zone face-offs is that, that's your extra reward. You get, D zone. Oh, uh, like we put your line out yeah. when there's a D zone face yeah. off. Oh, I like that. That's, well, it. That's which, good. Yeah. I like that. Because you, when, when you're trying to score a goal, you have no, people have no problem understanding that you put your oh, top goal like scores okay. up. Right? So, so if you think of this, so if you're, if you're on the first power play, you can't wait for a penalty because you know you get to go. Right. So if you do exactly what you just said, if the goalie covers the puck, you guys get to go out. 
yeah. no matter what. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a good reward. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Right? Yeah. Because we want to win those battles. Yeah. Nice. So if you, uh, and then it's, it's, it's always pointing out the, the, the effort right. in the diesel. Because if people don't get enough, like, I mean, in, in junior and pro, you just, you don't get to play if you're not good in your D zone, right. right? I could sit you the whole game and just say, until you figure out how to play your own zone or I'll send you to the minors or, yeah. you know, you don't, yeah. you just don't get to play. But in youth hockey, there's a little bit of ba- balancing act that you have to do. So right. you reward kids with a little bit extra, mm-hmm. you know, you might even, you can even use it in a important face-offs, an o- uh, offensive zone face-off. And you can right. say, you know what? Need to win the face-off. I know I could trust these guys. And the more that you, the more that you explain to them that your your first priority is defending and, and rewarding hard work, boxing out, all those things, then I think you get better results yeah. from it. I like that. I like yeah. it. That's a good idea. Yeah. I didn't think of that. But you don't see stars of the game typically. If someone's got three three points, I've seen this so many times, someone's got three points in a game and you didn't notice them, but you've got some other guy out there just banging bodies in his own zone or defensive defenseman or centerman that, you know, just – does everything really, really well in their yeah. own zone. They don't get the necessarily the yeah. the hype because there's no no one cheers. Have you ever played uh you definitely haven't, but you know like fantasy sports? Never. So when I played, there would always be some version of like a fantasy sport thing going on. Yeah. And I play I would play just because to be part of the team, like I'd be in it, whatever, but I never really cared about it. But they would have uh the way they would but basically your team, you you draft players, you make a team and then they give your players points based on their game performance. But they, you can get an equal number of points or almost the same number of points for a goal as a few hits. So it's, so it's valuable for you to draft Matt Martin because you know he's going to get 10 hits a game. And that's going to be five points for your team that night or whatever, right? And it would be really nice. The reason I bring that up is just it'd be really nice if there was even just from the the media hype machine because they could control this right it's like it's like the the songs that are on the radio the radio station picks what's probably popular because they're playing the song right so if if a spotlight constantly goes to look how many hits this guy has or like look how many shot blocks this guy has patrice bergeron's first start of the game every game you know he won he won five face-offs blocked three shots and had an assist it's like brad marchand had two goals and an assist but but Bergeron did all this other stuff. It's like if you, whatever you put the highlight on, that can turn into what the reward is, right? That's what you make sexy. You make the shot block thing what people want to do. You know what I mean? So it would be nice if in hockey there was some of that. It would make a, it would make for a more balanced game so kids could see the value of some of these other things. But especially when you're young, if you tell kids that, hey, doing this other stuff is just as important as scoring, it's hard for them to see that because they don't see the reward on that, Right. So if you can make some reward systems for those other things, I think that would be valuable for for the kids. Yeah, yeah. And then the last the last thing I would say, not last thing I would say, but I'm going to end it at this is, you want to um, you want to if you're you know based on skill level, you got that base skill level, you want to stand out a little bit more. You have to have some sort of IQ, like some sort. So I I remember I talked to you, one of the one of the boys that we uh, we've trained before. It was like he worked so hard worked hard and you just go after pucks and just work really hard but nothing ever happened mm-hmm. it was always a dead play right so it was like an indication of the hockey iq couldn't think the game couldn't put pucks in the right places and so the basically the plays die with you so if you have the puck the play ends it's not linked to another play like we talked about before plays just die when you get the puck or you're on the puck and if that if, if that's if you're that guy then we want to look at how can I manage the game a little bit better? Like, what am I doing? What can I do differently? So you want, that's something to keep in mind is when you're on the ice, if you got a, you know, like this guy would carry the puck, good speed through the neutral zone, head kind of down, and he would be going and going and going, and then you end up in that left-hand corner, and the play would die. Where if he would just communicate with his teammates, or his teammates communicate with him, and say, Eric, every time you go, I know exactly what you're going to do. Get there as hard as you can. But once you get to the top of circles, I'll be going to the net and he'll be coming high. Pick one. Or or tell them both, go to the net. Just get that thing on the net. We'll both be there. So that the play just doesn't die with him in the corner and you're back checking. Mm-hmm. Or you got to scramble in the corner. Yeah. So that's the other thing is just understanding that when you have the puck or when you're on the ice, when you make when there's plays to be made, 
it doesn't end when as soon as you're around it. That yeah. something else happens. Yeah. So that's something that you can actually work on. Right? Yeah, very important. Very, very, very important. It takes the we were saying this before, it takes the ability to ask the question though, right? That self awareness of like what actually happens when I get the puck? <laughs> you know? And uh, man, these are things that no one ever, I never knew any of these things. Like I remember when I was a kid, like how valuable it would have been to say to myself, okay, when I get the puck, what actually happens? Like most of the time, like what happens? Like that would have been a nice thing to ask myself to know, right? Because if every play ends with, I get buried in the corner or every play ends with a turnover at the blue line, or if I have, if I carry the puck 10 times a game, three of them are a turnover, five of them, I got a shot on net and whatever else it's like though that would be good to know yeah. that information yeah. you know so it's if you're d the blocks the shots yeah. blocked every time if you're if you're going if you if you like to finish your hits but every time you finish a hit the, you're back checking after because nothing effective happened then you know you're become you, there's changes that need to be yeah. made in your game yeah just just asking the ability to ask the question and have yeah. an answer yeah that's like half the battle because if you just bring some awareness to it i mean that fixes not just hockey stuff like that fixes a lot of things just life in general if you just bring awareness to something yeah you can't help but improve it or make it better because why would you not want to do that yeah you know so it's that's a, that's a really important yeah. thing too is just be able to know what what is the result of what you're doing yeah. like the, be able sure. to make that play that needs to be made you know what i mean yeah. very good so yeah so at the end of the day teams scouts coaches teammates they want guys sorry they want guys that are Good teammates, not selfish, not thinking about themselves. And if you can get, you get you wrap your head around that, you become a value valuable asset. And even though mom and dad, and maybe some of your teammates don't recognize that you didn't get four, maybe you did get four goals, but you, you didn't get all the points. People recognize that. I, I remember this clear as day, man. Coaching and who you think your stars are, and they are they're good skilled guys and stuff. But there's honestly at the end of the day when you're looking at winning hockey games when the when the rubber meets the road is you look down that bench and you look at not necessarily who's going to score but who's not going to score or who's who's going to not get scored on you look at who's going to battle through this who's going to oh the game's getting a little bit gritty here getting tough i don't know if i can put this guy on i know but this guy he'll, he'll take that hit and he'll get it off the wall and get it out or he'll finish those checks you look at different scenarios so the media hype, as we talked about right from the beginning of the show, the hype and all that stuff is just hype. The coaches and the guys that run the teams have to make decisions on who gets to play and who gets to have important roles. And if if you do one thing really well or a bunch of things really well that impact the game, then you have a better chance of playing. And then if you play because you want your team to win and you're not worried about your individual stats you just increase your odds again and it, it a lot of people don't see the team player but people that know the game that are that you can that that have a chance opportunity to select you they know what they're looking for and if you have some of those qualities then you've increased your chances of playing at higher levels mm-hmm. period yeah right on dude well uh, i'm not going to ruin that ending so <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there uh, going into going into next week see you guys